you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome, everyone, to a spooky edition of the Stardom Sidham Show. I'm Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio, the author of the very not scary Stardom Sidham column. Uh, there's nothing frightening in that column, is there? It depends if uh, if the player hits or not. That's <laughs> really it. <laughs> that's, that's actually a very fair uh, comment there. So you can check it out, of course, every week at NFL.com slash start sit. But this is what we do. We break it down for you in digestible bite size form. We got plenty to talk about here on Halloween weekend. We have hit week eight, which means we are at the midway point of the fantasy regular season. So we're going to tell you who's going to pile up the points. Plus, we've got our fantasy mid-season awards. Laquan Jones will join us for that a little bit later on in the show. But let's get in to the starts and sits for week eight, starting with the quarterback position. So who are you scaring up on your list this week? Ooh, I am scaring Jared Goff into my starting lineup. Joe Burrow, uh, Brock Purdy, if he plays. Sam Darnold, if he doesn't, is in play as a streamer, I would say. C.J. Stroud. And then the frightening guys this week. Dak Prescott against the Rams. Geno Smith against the Browns. Matt Stafford against the Cowboys. And I want no part of Jordan Love against the Vikings. So let's start with Joe Burrow, and for a couple of weeks, we were scared to start him, but we were also scared to bench him as well. Look, the matchup on paper against the 49ers seems like one you don't want to mess with, but uh, you got some confidence in Joey B this week. Yeah, I'm going to give Joe Burrow another, I did that terribly, I'm going to give him another (laughs) shot this week, though. He started to look healthier before the bye, and that's the thing with Joe Burrow. When he is healthy, we know he is a must-start option regardless of the matchup. Now with the bye, I'm hoping we see him healthier then ever and the 49ers on paper yes they are his toughest test yet but they struggle more against the pass they are very good against the run we just saw Kirk Cousins and the Vikings without Justin Jefferson light them up I think Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase and and everyone else that he has at his disposal T Higgins uh and plus I mean they wear black and orange. This is their weekend. Y- you got to start your Bengals. Hard to go against a pumpkin team on uh, Halloween weekend. Uh, meanwhile, Jared Goff, we like to say all the time, he is an indoor cat, and he's going to be indoors on Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders. This feels like an easy start. Yeah, if Joe Jared Goff played all of his games at home this year, he would be the fantasy QB1 right now. That's just how good he has been at home. He's given you over 18 fantasy points in every home start this year. Uh, he's also thrown multiple passing touchdowns in the mall, and the Raiders generate pressure at just the fourth lowest rate in the NFL. So I, I think Goff with that Lions offensive line will have plenty of time to just comfortably get the ball to Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, all the guys that we want him to get the ball to in fantasy football. Meanwhile, the Raiders have been masquerading as a defense for the last couple of weeks, so we'll see how that goes <laughs> coming up on Monday night. Those are the quarterbacks. Let's turn our attention now to the wide receivers. Taking a look at your start-sit list for week eight. 
A lot of starts this week. Terry McLaurin, because if you're not playing Scary Terry on Halloween weekend, what are you doing? Zay Flowers in a good matchup. Nico Collins, I love this week. Rasheed Rice uh, has really come to life as of late. And you start Drake London even in spite of Arthur Smith. And then some sits. Like, I know I said you start your Bengals, but if you've gotten this far without T. Higgins, I think you could try to get away from him and just play wait-and-see approach. Uh, D-Hop, K.J. Osborne, and then Jerry Judy. Yeah, he's he's like a permanent sit right now. <laughs> Jerry Judy has been on the sit list ever since Steve Smith smoked him on national television, (laughs) just has not been able to get uh, off the sit list since then. Let's talk about Zay Flowers, though, because the rookie has stepped in and been amazing pretty much since week one. Uh, The Ravens offense looks like it's starting to click right now, and he's got a great matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and the matchup, one, like like you said, Zay Flowers has been awesome. He's given you double-digit fantasy points in all but one game, so such a safe floor, but the matchup is what gets me excited. Not only have the Cardinals allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers in the last month, they play zone coverage 80% of the time, and Flowers eats against zone coverage. 88% of his yards and his lone touchdown has come against that. Plus, 50 or more yards in his first seven career games. The only other wide receiver to do that in NFL history is Jamar Chase. Like, he is an elite company. Start Xavier Kevon Flowers this Woo, week. We use the full government name. Absolutely. Looking for flowers to bloom in the desert this week. Meanwhile, a veteran in Tennessee, not giving us what we'd hoped for. I mean, I guess it's not a surprise because the Titans passing offense hasn't been great. But now... DeAndre Hopkins either dealing with Will Levis, who might be a bona fide sociopath, putting mayo in his coffee, uh, or Malik Willis. Either way, it doesn't seem like a good situation. No, and and even with Ryan Tannehill, like it hasn't been great for DeAndre Hopkins this year. He's averaging less than 11 fantasy points per game. He scored eight or fewer in half of them, and he has just one game this year with over 14 fantasy points. So the, the ceiling has been low. The floor has been even lower. It's a rookie quarterback. We think, like you said, Mark, making his first debut a rookie quarterback who eats banana peels uh, and then the Falcons secondary <laughs> has deranged been, man. Yeah, <laughs> just stingy secondary deranged quarterback a lot of reasons to get away mayo and coffee and eating banana peels like Will Levis you were you're a different cat man that's all I know about <laughs> that uh, so there you go avoid DeAndre Hopkins if you can this weekend meanwhile we're just getting started here we got running backs and tight ends coming up plus we got the pile up. Stick around. See who scores a lot of points and check out more of the Stardom Sidem Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Time to talk some stardom, sit them running backs for week eight. Florio, go. Brees Hall as must start as must start can be. Same thing for Isaiah Pacheco this week. I like Damian Pierce, and I'm going to give Jalen Warren a shot this week. But I'm not going to give his teammate Najee Harris a shot because I think he is a sit. So is Brian Robinson Jr., Miles Sanders, and uh, Emery DiMercato in the entire Cardinals backfield. Ugh, that Cardinals backfield has been a headache. Uh, but let's start with Isaiah Pacheco because, uh, well, Broncos, right? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you pick a stat, the Broncos are in the top three in allowing it to running backs. You don't believe me? They're in the top three in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, fantasy points, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, uh, and targets. I mean, and catches. So, Other than that, they, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like to play? <laughs> basically everything. Uh, and yeah, Isaiah Pacheco, 17 fantasy points per game in his last five, at least 13 in all of those, a touchdown in four of them. He had 16 against the Broncos earlier this year. You're starting Isaiah Pacheco this week. So I love the fact that you've got Jalen Warren as a start, but uh, Najee Harris as a sit. It just made me think of the hangover, the whole like, not you, fat Jesus. Uh, That's kind of what I thought about when I saw that. But why do you like Jalen Warren against the Jags? It's all about the matchup. First of all, I don't don't know if everyone knows this. Jalen Warren has outscored Najee Harris every single week but one this year. The last time they played was the only time that Najee Harris outscored Warren, but Warren has reached double-digit fantasy points and scored a touchdown in three straight and four of his last five games. The Jaguars have allowed the fourth-fewest rushing yards this year to running backs, but they allow the most catches, and they're in the top four in receiving yards allowed to the position as well. So uh, they struggle against pass-catching backs. Jalen Warren has more than double the amount of targets this year as Najee Harris. He's also the back that they like to use more when they're playing from behind. So because of all all of those reasons, I think Jalen Warren is the Steelers running back to start this. At weekend. some point, hopefully the Steelers just decide to pick one and go with it. And if it's that one, we hope that that one is Jalen Warren. Those are the running backs. Let's talk some tight ends because that is maybe the most vexing position in all of fantasy football. Who are your starts and sits for this week? Michael Mayer, because Halloween weekend of (laughs) Darren Waller in the battle for New Jersey. Taysom Hill, just keep an eye on if Jawan Johnson is playing or not. And I like Jake Ferguson a lot this week as well. My sits, Luke Musgrave against the Vikings. David Njoku, it's not you. It's just your offense. And then Hunter Henry started off hot and then has just done a disappearing act ever since. All right, so uh, let's talk about Michael Mayer. Best Halloween movie. Fun fact, the Michael Myers mask is actually a William Shatner mask painted white. I... I've seen Halloween I don't know how many times. I never knew that. Yeah, it's a William Shatner mask that was painted. Don't ask me why I know that, but it's one of those facts that just lives rent-free in my head. Uh, but Michael Mayer starting to come on. And the Lions, for as good as they've been defensively, not good against tight ends. Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the Lions have allowed the third most yards to tight ends this season. Michael Mayer has fully taken over, I would say, as their top tight end there in Vegas. He played 72% of the snaps last week, ran more routes than Austin Hooper. That's been a couple weeks in a row now that that has been a trend. Look, he is not a must-start tight end, but we're always looking for tight end streamers, and I think that is where he comes into play. Trey McBride, another tight end streamer that I like this week, uh, but I'm chasing rookie tight ends. I was very big on Dalton Kincaid this week. We've both been very high on him this year and Sam Laporta. Let's keep the rookie tight end thing going. Hey, the rookie tight end class was supposed to be very good, and these guys are starting to produce at the midway point of the fantasy season. All right, I take no pleasure in saying this out loud, but Taysom Hill is actually a thing and is actually producing there in New Orleans right now. Yeah, he came through last week with 16.8 fantasy points finished as the tight end six on the week, and he did it in a number of different ways. Ran 40 routes, which is by far the most by a Saints tight end, targeted five times, caught four of them for 50 yards, also ran the ball five times for 18 yards and a touchdown, could get involved as a passer as well. He does some of everything and it 
could be frustrating at times because the floor is not super safe, but we don't care when the ceiling is as high as it's been for Taysom. And again, if Jawan Johnson sits, he is their tight end one, and it is a good matchup as the Colts have allowed uh, the fourth most yards to tight ends this year. I mean, he's running routes, he's getting open, he's getting targets at some point. Uh, as much as he frustrates us sometimes in fantasy, it's time to admit that uh, Taysom Hill is actually doing some things. Time now for Club Doom. We got the guys that we guarantee will score at least 25 fantasy points. Now, normally we do this at the end of the show. Right now, it's at the middle of the show. So consider this kind of a day party, if you will. So who's got their white honors hanging out at the day party this week? Brees Hall. Because ever since Brees Hall has come off the snap count, a 25 fantasy point game is basically an average game for him. He's averaged 24.4 fantasy points per game since they take him off the snap count. And now he gets the Giants, who have allowed the second most rushing yards, third most rushing touchdowns, two running backs. They've also allowed the eighth most fantasy points per game. I don't worry about game script or anything like this. In fact, I, I think come Sunday night, in the after the Jets win the Battle of Jersey, we're going to find Brees Hall down there in, uh, in Karma fist pumping with all the Jersey Shore people. There it is. Uh, so Brees Hall going to be uh, getting it going with Mike D in the situation. But uh, <laughs> meanwhile, I got Tony Pollard and Pollard had a big start to the season with two touchdowns in week one against the Giants and really has was on a steady decline for a while until uh, just at, just before the bye when he had 17 points against the Chargers. Now he gets the other L.A. team as the Cowboys, as Patrick Claibon put it, try to be the champion of L.A. County. Uh, the Rams have struggled against running backs this year, especially running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield. With the Cowboys offense having been inconsistent, I think coming out of the bye, this is an opportunity for them to really feature Tony Pollard, get him a lot of touches, get him some targets, and I expect him to go big against the Rams. Still to come, it is time to hand out some awards and some grades. We're giving out our midterm reviews as we've hit the halfway point of the fantasy season. Stick around for more of the Stardom Sidham Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's time for our midterm review to help us out with that. Laquan Jones, researcher extraordinaire. We all have a set of awards that we are handing out. So we'll uh, gift the award and then we'll talk about the player. So Florio, what is the award you'd like to hand out first? The biggest league winner so far. And to me, there is, this is a no contest. It is Puka Nakua right now. I mean, Puka Nakua in fantasy leagues either win as like a last round draft pick or undrafted. And through seven weeks, the only players with more non quarterbacks with more fantasy points, Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, Stephon Diggs and AJ Brown. They were all either first round picks or borderline first round picks. And that is how good Puka Nakua has been. I mean, it's got to be amazing. Uh, for anybody who kind of lucked up on him on the waiver wire, you mentioned deeper leagues, he was drafted maybe in the late round. 
Uh, he has been amazing. And Laquan, you are our resident Rams fan here. And I know Sean McVay talked him up, but but I don't think even the most optimistic Rams fan expected this from Puka. No, I mean, like, even on draft day when we, like, picked him up, I was looking at his clips. I'm like, he's very versatile. Like, he can be used all over this Rams offense. So I figured, like, hey, he'll eventually find his way on the field. But I did not expect him to explode It's uh, with what he's doing right now. Like, I mean, it's amazing that he's going out there and producing the way he is. It's sort of fitting though right because he plays next to Cooper Cup who's another guy from a smaller school that yeah. nobody had really heard of who came really? out of nowhere and blossomed into the superstar almost right away in the LA Rams offense all right so Nakua right now the biggest league winner uh Laquan what award would you like to hand out I'm gonna give the overachiever award to Travis Etienne man I mean honestly you were drafting as a RB2 maybe even RB3 he was dropping in drafts but man he's returning huge with RB1 numbers I mean he's top five running back right now averaging 19 fantasy points per game i mean what more could you ask for i mean over the summer we were all hyped about this tank bell i mean tank bigsby hype but i was guilty of that as well like cutting to some of these opportunities but travis Etienne is tied with christian mccaffrey right now in touches so you gotta love the return that you're getting back on him right now i mean as of like a week or so ago the only two players in the nfl that had 500 or more rushing yards and five or more rushing touchdowns were christian mccaffrey and travis Etienne. and florida maybe the biggest thing is that they're actually getting targets to him now. It's something yeah. we didn't see his first couple years in the NFL. And it's something that we we kept client like we want them to throw him the ball. We know he can be used as a pass catcher. And also the touchdowns. Like remember the first month of the year we were like, oh, Travis Etienne is great, but they're using Bigsby near the goal line. The touchdowns haven't been there. He's got like six in the last month or whatever it is. Yeah, he has been legitimately a workhorse back in that Jacksonville offense. And uh, Travis Etienne has given you huge, huge value. Speaking of value, my best value pick for the first half of the season has been Sam Laporta. And this is a guy who got a lot of hype during the preseason, during training camp, and was getting drafted sort of later in drafts. He was going to be your tight end, too. Right now, he is the tight end four overall, has been amazing. And it comes at a position where we're looking for help anywhere we can find it. I mean, Laquan, look, we knew that the Lions offense was going to be good. We knew Amon Ross St. Brown was going to get his. But I think, again, if you were optimistic about Sam Laporta, you didn't think he was going to become an every week starter the way he has. Absolutely not, man. I mean, Jared Goff is targeting him as if he's his Tyler Higby. You know, he's going to be using security blankets, but he's using him as a actual elite target. I mean, having Sam Laporta on the field for him, he has to feel a lot more comfortable if Amon Ross does doubled because Sam Laporte is going downfield and making the big plays just like Amon Ross St. Brown. So I'm pretty sure he's happy Sam Laporte was drafted and he's going to be there for a while. Iowa, tight end university, just pumping out another one that we can love for fantasy football. All right. So while we love having Sam Laporta on our rosters, uh, Florida, you've got somebody that we maybe are a little bit frustrated with. Yeah. My biggest disappointment so far, because there's still time for him to write the ship, Unfortunately, goes to a player that I was really high on this offseason, Calvin Ridley. And the, you see their wide receiver 37 right now. I'm giving him a D. I am hopeful that he starts to turn his season around this week uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think he's in play as a start for there. But it's been so up and down getting to this point. I thought that he was going to be a fantasy wide receiver one. Not even sure we could say that he's been the wide receiver one. Well, I'm, I'm sure we cannot say it that he has not been the wide receiver one on his own team thus far. I mean, Laquan, we had week one. 
We only had over 100 yards, had a touchdown. Yeah. We were all dancing a jig, figuring, all right, here comes the breakout. Like, how really is back? <laughs> Since this has been the Christian Kirk show, I mean, any hope that things turn around in the second half? Uh, I'm not quite sure. It's not looking good because you got Christian Kirk. He's kind of been Travis, uh, Trevor uh, Lawrence's alpha guy in that offense. And Calvin really, like you said, week one, we were celebrating. And then it's like, oh, no, we suck again. Like, what's happening? <laughs> like, I really don't understand what's going on and how he's not really gelling into this offense. But hopefully, Hopefully he could bring it around, but right now it's just not looking good. It is not looking good for Calvin Ridley. We'll see what happens for him in week eight uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Meanwhile, you got uh, another guy who has broken our hearts so far this season. Yeah, broken my heart is like an understatement, man. I mean, Damien Pierce, what is going on? He gets the dumpster fire award, man, because <laughs> it's just been bad. Like, it just has not been good, man. 2.9 yards per carry, averaging less than 10 fantasy points per game. I mean, we know the talent is there, and we know Houston's O-line has been bad, but it's just been a complete dumpster fire. I mean, come on, man. Where's the guy that was advertised this summer of being more involved in the passing game? This dude has nine catches i mean who do i send the email or the letter to to say hey this is not what i bought this is false advertisement so it's just been bad i wouldn't be mad if fantasy managers want to kick him off the roster uh, yeah i i understand folks who are dropping damian pierce i sort of share your pain too because i went heavy on him in drafts this yeah. season almost for you i'll say this to start the second half of the season, he's got a choice matchup ahead of him. I mean, it feels like, you know, week eight could be the first day of the rest of his fantasy life. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> you saw on the RB boards, I have Damian Pierce as a start this week. Laquan, both of our disappointments, Ridley and Damian Pierce, it starts here. They're going to fix it. All right, we're turning things around. Uh, meanwhile, I'm giving you the We All Saw This Coming Award, and this is a guy who's not on your start list this week. It is Najee Harris Oof. going into drafts <laughs> this season. I think a lot of fantasy analysts, a lot of fantasy managers were very wary of drafting Najee Harris. You saw him falling in drafts. There was the concern that Jalen Warren was going to take some opportunities away from him, and everything we were worried about has come to fruition. He is the RB36 right now. He is tied. He is the same number of fantasy points as Ty J Spears, who was behind Derrick Henry. He wasn't even playing for, you know, early in the season. He's just slightly ahead of Chuba Hubbard. Ugh. That's how bad things have been for Najee Harris. You heard Florio mention it early in the show that he's been outscored by Jalen Warren in every single week but one. He only has two games with double-digit fantasy points. He's generally been around five to six points most weeks. And, I mean, Florio, at this point... Like, what do you do? Because no one's going to trade you for him. Do you just drop Najee Harris now? I, do, I think he gets too much volume where you can't drop him just in case of injuries or buys. But he, we always say, like, anchor on your fantasy lineup. That's Najee Harris is the definition of an anchor. Just an anchor around that lineup right now. Uh, all right, so let's come back around. Something a little bit more upbeat, Florio. You've got something that, that we can all agree on right now. The best player in the world award. You already know who I'm going to say. It's Tyreek Hill. Like, the scariest sight on an NFL football field is when Tyreek Hill throws up the peace sign at your defense. You just know it's a wrap then. A++++ <laughs> grade. And you see there, 186.6 PPR points. Coming into week eight, no other player was within 15 fantasy points of him. And 15 is a good game for most players not named Tyreek Hill. Even... 
with not having played this week, he has more fantasy points on the year than Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and all the Bucks who have played an extra game more than he has. He is the absolute best player in fantasy right now. And it's looking like if you don't have Tyreek Hill, you might not be able to win a championship. I mean, it's wild. You talk about, you know, 15 points. Uh, he, he had 15 points in one game way back in week two. If, uh, if he came back with 15 points this week, you'd be like, what? What's wrong with Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Like, what <laughs> yeah. happened? Where did it go wrong? Any other wide receiver, you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. Tyreek Hill gives you 15 points. You're like, ooh, he must have been sick or something. I have no <laughs> idea what happened there. Uh, all right, Laquan, uh, you've got an underdog story right now. Yeah, you got to root for underdogs, man. Jacoby Myers has always been a productive wide receiver, even dating back to his time in New England, which I'm not quite sure why they let him walk but man the best thing about Jacoby Myers right now is that he's scoring touchdowns like that's the best thing going on for him he had trouble finding the end zone in New England he's actually leading the Raiders right now in touchdowns like every time Jacoby Myers was scoring touchdowns I was screaming in my living room like a psychopath <laughs> you would think it was Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup like scoring touchdowns but like I just got a roof for the underdog he's such a productive wide receiver he's top 12 right now and averaging 17 fantasy points per game and like he's has more targets than Devontae Adams in the last three games. Like, this is crazy to really talk about. And you were getting him so late in drafts. So you got to root for the underdog here, man. I mean, the Patriots had to move on from Jacoby Myers so they could give targets to a washed Juju Smith-Schuster. It just <laughs> makes perfect sense. Uh, he's also made Hunter Renfro expendable. I mean, that wow, guy, yeah. it's amazing. Like, you forget that he's on the roster because he's never on yeah, the field never and seen never him. gets targets no. in the Raider offense anymore. Uh, our last award of the show is the Goodwill Hunting Award. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Kyle Pitts, it's not your fault. Uh, he doesn't get a grade. He gets an incomplete because, look, it's not about you, Kyle. It's about your head coach who apparently just fantasy football lives rent free in Arthur Smith's brain because every time somebody asks him about his player usage, he makes a reference to fantasy football. It's like, you know, Arthur, this is about your offense maybe not living up to its full potential because you want to force feed Cordero Patterson touches. Nobody understands it. You've got a guy who's just an absolute freak of nature athletically in Kyle Pitts, yet can't consistently get opportunities. When we as fantasy folks say you should give Kyle Pitts the ball, it's not solely because we want our fantasy teams to succeed, but it's because it seems like it'd be the best reason for your offense to succeed. Florian, I, I mean, I know we do this every week on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. We do it here, right? But like, I, I don't even know what to say anymore other than why? Why is this happening to us? You know how Arthur Smith clearly has some disdain for fantasy managers? Mm -hmm. That's exactly how we feel about you, Arthur Smith. Like, And, and just remember... The internet always gets the last laugh. So we're just, we're going to keep this all in, in our mind and we'll see at the end of the year. We've got the receipts. I mean, LQ, there's nothing that brings the fantasy community together like Arthur Smith. Like we don't agree yeah. on anything. We all agree that we don't like the way Arthur Smith runs this offense. Absolutely not. And like, I don't even care for the Falcons in general, but when it comes to Kyle Pitts, he's a generational talent and you're just keeping the Lamborghini in the garage, man. Just let him out. Go on the road and hit 140, do whatever the case may be. But he needs the ball in his hands more times than Johnny Smith, I'll tell you that. I mean, it really is that meme of the sports car next to the beat up old house with the whack cardboard cover on it. It's, <laughs> that's exactly what Kyle Pitts is in the Falcons offense. Meanwhile, this show it's been a lot of fun. We hope that you enjoyed it. We enjoyed having you with us on this episode of the Stardom Sodom Show. For Laquan Jones, for Michael F. Florio, I am Marcus Grant. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We'll talk to you again real soon.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.